I'm Kerry Rowett, and this is the Align and Attract podcast, helping you to create your version of an aligned business. Let's dive into today's episode. Today is another episode in the Your Aligned Business series where I talk to inspiring people about how they have created their version of an aligned business. Today, I am talking with Louise O'Reilly. With her unique self-expression, heart-centered rebelliousness, and the clarity of her thought-provoking vision of what the world could be enjoying, it's no wonder that Louise is a coach, consultant, blogger, speaker, and online course creator. She is a Wara Noongar woman who focuses on cultural inclusion, diversity, and anti-racism work for people who support quality of Aboriginal people and culture who want to learn and take action but aren't sure of what to do to be an active ally. Offering online courses, live trainings, coaching, consultancy and speaking services, her dream is to stimulate co-creation of a more inclusive world where everyone feels free to be their authentic self while knowing they are valued and they belong. Her drive is her two children Her cheer squad is her husband and her inspiration is the calling from deep within her soul. Louise's teaching and coaching style is inclusive, compassionate and supportive. LouiseO'Reilly.com.au is where she blogs about Aboriginal human rights, inclusion and diversity creation, her culture and life from the perspective of a fair-skinned Aboriginal woman. Outside of business, Louise was freelance writing for Amnesty International and Miss Nidoc. Perth finalist, a radio host, and she's part of an Australian-versed Aboriginal-led visionary 10-year project designed to create social change and reconciliation in Boorloo, which is Perth. Now, I came across Louise during 2020 and I joined her free Facebook group and participated in her introduction to inclusive language training, which is really amazing. And I definitely recommend that. I have also purchased other one-off workshops from Louise and had a coaching session with her. And I know that I will have more coaching sessions with her to support me on the path to creating a more and more inclusive business. I know this is something that is so important to so many of us. And I just know that you're going to love hearing from Louise. She's just so inspiring She has great ideas. She explains things really beautifully, very clearly. So take a listen. And I cannot wait to hear what you think. Welcome, Louise. Thank you so much for being here with me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for the invitation. I feel so blessed to be sharing this space with you and your listeners for a little time now. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. So, To get started, I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing how you got into business. Like what was your inspiration like in those really early days and even Mm -hmm. some of the practical steps that you took as you started off on your business journey? 
Yeah, absolutely. I can do that. But before I begin, I would actually like to also give a um, acknowledgement of country, if you don't mind. Um, so I would like to acknowledge the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation as the traditional and ongoing custodians of the lands and waters on which I am on, uh, where I, my business is based in, where my family um, live and create beautiful memories together. And I'd also like to pay respects to the elders and thank them for their leadership uh, in the community, their guidance and their support, and um, also pay respects to my elders as well. Um, and to also extend that respect and acknowledgement to all the people listening uh, for all the lands and waters they're on and pay respects to their custodians and their elders too. So I always like to do that just to begin with because that's part of my culture and how, how we do things. And I bring my culture a lot in through my business as well, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about. Um, but what kind of got me into um, doing inclusion and diversity coaching and more specifically cultural inclusion and diversity coaching is... Um, it's a long time running, really. It it started when I was very young. So this is a long, this is like all these little breadcrumbs that I'm sure many of your listeners go, yes, those breadcrumbs all the way along told me the story of where I was coming to. And for me, it started when I was quite young, when um, adults quite often would force me um, in some way to make a decision about my own identity. And when I was so young, I was just like, I'm just Louise. That's just me. That, that, that's all it is. But I was kind of pushed into um, making a decision on whether I was Aboriginal or non-Aboriginal. And for them, the two couldn't exist at the same time. You're one or the other. And in my little mind, I was like, but I'm both. So I don't understand how one erases a heritage of another. And so I was really confused at a very young age at who I was in the world and this concept of identity and needing to identify, I couldn't understand why it was even needed. Excuse me, my dog has just <laughs> run through the house. Um, and then from there, there were so many other little bits and pieces which made me go, okay, that if I do identify as Aboriginal, and I do identify as Aboriginal because I feel that um, in my heart, in Aboriginal culture, I feel very comfortable. I feel that it calls to me. So that's my own identity with that. Uh, though I do have a Scandinavian heritage and a Papuan heritage and a, a lower middle Asian heritage. So I've got lots of different bits and pieces that make me and my story. But to the culture, I'm very connected with Aboriginal culture. Uh, and I soon realised in my own communities, um, like in my school community, in my hometown, um, even within my family structure, that uh, Aboriginal people didn't really have a very positive light on them. When people talked about them, the way they were presented or they were included um, in a negative light but then excluded in lots of other things. So I, I built these really strong stories about myself being Aboriginal and about Aboriginal people and culture that we're bad and we're wrong and we don't belong anywhere and we should be invisible and not make a scene, not speak up, not be heard. So many of these different stories made me go, I shouldn't even exist. 
that that is what it came down to and I struggled with that all the way through my childhood and and very young from like five or six years old all the way through um, growing up into my teen years and it got to a point where I went you know I want to just totally disown that part of myself because it's so hard living in society identifying in that way it is so hard Uh, and it was soul crushing I kind of thought myself if I just release that part of myself I could have an easier life and it was just so not the case at all that I was denying a big part of myself and I'm feeling a little bit emotional thinking about this now but I was denying a big part of myself and it really hurt and it was really painful but I managed to work through it and I thought you know I can deal with this I can get through it until I fell pregnant with my first baby It was a beautiful, magical moment. And then I just realised, oh, my goodness, I do not want my child or my children, I have two now, I don't want them to go through that same struggle and pain I went through, feeling that everyday racism, that blatant racism, that exclusion from society, from my communities and from the world. So, um, and in all honesty, I've been in business for myself for about eight years. But only focusing on this business, this is my second business, um, for the last maybe almost a year, a year next month, because I was afraid, right? I've been told over and over again that being your authentic self, being who you are is not accepted in the world. And being Aboriginal is not something that is, is good or right. And so I was totally afraid that if I did this thing that I always felt that I was meant to do and it didn't work, what would be for me then? Would there be anything left in the world for me to do? So a lot of fear came in and stopped me for so many years. But I got to the point where I said enough's enough. I have to do this because I don't want to be wondering what could have been or what changes I could have um, inspired if I didn't. So it was about a year ago that you started the business that you're in right now. So what did those early steps in turning this work into a business look like? Early steps, and look, it is years upon years of those little things. And um, for me, I'm very intuitive and one of the first things that came through for me was a dream that I kept having over and over again over multiple years. Um, And you might see a lot of my stuff is shield and conch and that's part of that dream. So that's part of that very first story is, um, you know, I was given the opportunity to accept the shield and the conch from my ancestors. And so that conch, I believe, is part of like a mouthpiece or a warning or um, something like that. So it's like the, the conch horn, the shell horns. Mm-hmm. So that was passed. And also um, the shield is very much in terms of like protection, but our shields are also parts of telling stories. So I'm like a storyteller as well. And so that kind of came through, little bits and pieces and little niggles happened, um, little promptings happened, which I just kept pushing aside. What it came down to was um, 
my husband, we were running another business together and he said, look, I don't like entrepreneurship. I would rather go to work for someone, come home, relax and not worry, have all the stresses of being your own boss kind of thing. Uh, and so we we uh, closed up our last business and then I went, well, I don't want to go back to work because there is more than I can, more that I want to offer the world and I'm not satisfied with the status quo. So I don't want to go into a job to continue participating in that status quo whereas I could be creating a business where I'm encouraging people to create their own businesses that are different from that status quo. Uh, so that's where it came from. It just came down to a point, and I had been blogging for about a year prior about Aboriginal rights and humans' rights stuff um, and about um, personal development stuff, so all kind of interlinks with each other, and it's still what I'm doing today, but now it's more focused on um, coaching and creating courses that people can actually go and learn from and then implement in their own businesses. Yeah, so you have talked about what, you know, gave you that passion to really want to uh, talk about inclusion. And then you've also talked about, you know, you didn't want to go back into the workplace and uphold the status quo. So you really wanted to inspire people to create more inclusive businesses, didn't you? Yep, absolutely. And it started out a bit broader than that. It was just kind of Anyone who wants to be an ally who feels like they don't know what to do to be an ally. So a lot of the time there is that want and a desire to be an ally um, for marginalised people, Aboriginal people. But when you don't belong in that community, it can be really confronting. Like, What do I actually do to be an ally then? What is okay for me to do? What's not okay for me to do? Am I overstepping a mark or what is it? And so it was just kind of on everyone. But then I had a deeper look and went, you know what? People who are entrepreneurs are already community leaders. They are already leading the way and they are already change makers in the world because they are running their own businesses because they want to change the world in some way. And they often have beautiful communities along with them. So I'm like, you know what? Why not work with entrepreneurs? Because first of all, they're changing the world in some really amazing, beautiful ways. They are so gifted. They're so talented. Often they're a little bit of risk takers. They're okay to go against what those social norms are. So it would be an easier process for them to go, okay, well, I'm going to start being an ally and start being more socially conscious in my business. And it would be a much smaller step for them to take than uh, just a, a member of the public who works for someone else who really wants to have this change, but you have to convince your bosses and your managers that change is needed. So if we have these entrepreneurs, and I really do believe entrepreneurs uh, are amazing at creating the world in different ways. We are those change leaders. So I thought I'm going to focus with them and then they can go and ripple out these ripples of inclusion to all their people. So it's like starting this um, this this movement of inclusion. And it's just so much, so much more than a business. It's so much more than about money. It's about how can we create these worlds and these communities that we really want? Because most of us are not satisfied with what we've got. 
So how can we do that in a really organic, beautiful way where everyone can be involved and every single person benefits? Yeah, so you could see like entrepreneurs, first of all, they've got often got the drive and the motivation and the inspiration, like they're wanting to do that, really capable of creating change and driving change, gathering people around them who are going to be aligned with those kind of values as well. And I think that's quite interesting around values, isn't it? Because increasingly we want to work with people who have got similar values to us. So like if we're looking for a service or we're we're looking for a product, maybe that is something that is more business related or, you know, it's not related to, to culture necessarily or inclusion, but we're looking for the values that that person has and if they are a match for us. And I think as that is increasingly happen, it's like that's where your teachings around inclusion and diversity are becoming even more important, aren't they? Because we might have those values of inclusion, of respect Mm -hmm. and wanting to be welcoming and supportive, but we don't always know what we don't know. So it sounds like you've really started, you've really identified some gaps that were there and you've got an approach to be able to support people to fill in those gaps. Yes, yes, absolutely. To me, our values are so important and that is part of the initial work I do with um, entrepreneurs is that we look at those values because there's no point in us in showing up as allies and speaking about things that don't actually speak to us and align with us. So it's about aligning with our own personal values. And every single entrepreneur that comes to me is unique in their uh, experiences they come with, their heritage they come with, their ancestry, their values, their personal ideologies, lots of different things. So they're all individual and unique and every allyship journey is individual and unique based on them. It's not um, this box that is created like you're an ally so you fit in this box and if you're not an ally you fit in this box. It is literally a big spectrum of everyone um, and everyone can fit into that spectrum and so that's part of that starting stuff that I do and it's really interesting because my obviously one of my values is inclusion but authenticity is another one of mine. Freedom is another one. So they're my top ones, but also compassion. So what I'm actually trying to do in the world is to create an inclusive world where every single person feels the freedom to express themselves in whatever way they feel aligns with their soul. Mm. And that's it. We're living in a society right now and even in our businesses, we We are conforming to the cultures or the status quo of our businesses and in life and we can't express ourselves the way our soul is asking us to. And I think it's really great that I'm on this podcast because you talk about aligned businesses and I speak to business in terms of we have this paradigm of what business is and everything in our business is culture and we've learned these cultures of how to do business within the business industry, but we don't have to do them that way. If it doesn't align with us, we don't have to do them. (laughs) That's right. It's such a beautiful point. And I, you know, had a coaching session with you recently, and this is something we spoke about in that because I was, I said, 
some people are going to be expressing their culture more in their businesses than others. And you really did help me to expand that viewpoint to see, of course, it's not just around our cultural background, even though we each do express our cultural background in our business, whether or not we are conscious of that or we are not. But there is all these different other aspects of culture that we can just take on board. So online business practices, practices that are just the way we believe business is done and we can forget those are all choices that we're making and some of those practices and choices are more inclusive and some are less inclusive. But as we start to recognise them, we can make the choice about is that what I want to do? Am I choosing to do that or am I looking at other options? So let's have a look at that. Like what are some of those different practices that are actually a cultural practice of business that we can choose to opt into or out of? Yeah, well, definitely at the moment, things like Zoom is a cultural thing because not all cultures do Zooming stuff. Emails, um, the way you uh, the way you onboard your clients and offboard your clients, they're, they're all part of the culture of a westernised style of business. And we don't have to do them that way. If they don't match the people who are in your niche, you don't have to do them like that. It's just that we get this, um, often we can get this fear that we don't know what we're doing in business, so we just do what other people tell us to do because they know how to do business. But the thing is um, they know how to do business for them and they're sharing that. So having that discernment about, okay, this is how they do business, does that align with me and does that align with my niche? And if it doesn't, just go, I've got that on board. That's part of my experience and knowledge now. I'm going to release that and find something that fits better with that. And there are lots of other different things you can do. I mean, um, there's no reason you need to do anything written. There is no need reason you need to have anything in video. So it's all just part of that. And now I do also want to say, when I say um, inclusion in business, I don't mean you need to include everyone. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I believe in niching. I think niching is very, very important for business uh, because there are, there are people who you want to help specifically. And it's not going to end. Your help is not going to end with them. Your help ripples out to other people as well. But what I have found with most businesses is they're excluding parts of their niche by not being inclusive. So there might be people who are completely aligned with your values, um, your messaging, who you are, how you show up in the world, but there is something that is... um, preventing them taking up your services. So, for instance, they might look at your business and go, oh, there is nothing in there that says that you understand me and my cultural background at all. So I'm not sure if that's a safe space for me to be in because um, it all kind of doesn't look like me at all and there's nothing to suggest that you might understand or would welcome me into your business. And so what sorts of things might like you look for when you're working with a business owner and they've said, I want to become more inclusive and 
not just within myself and, you know, feeling more inclusive, but also allow other people who are maybe a part of a minority group who might be looking to join my spaces and they're trying to detect if I'm a safe person for them to work with. What kinds of things might you look for that we could make more visibly inclusive? Yeah, so some things that I um, I share with my clients is often a word on our social media. So often a quote or a word is used a lot to bring people's attention. What is a word that you could use that would make people know that you're on board with welcoming them in and, um, you know, you're taking part in that allyship journey. And I know a lot of people have an issue with allyship, but if you just swap that word out for support, you support um, marginalised people or you are you're standing with them and making sure that there, there is equality for them too, uh, that can sometimes help. So you, even just something like putting on um, inclusion and just having the word inclusion and then sharing your thoughts on inclusion or... Um, when there are things like the Black Lives Matters movement that happened last year, which is still happening, by the way, it hasn't ended. It is forever happening, but it was really amplified um, at the start of last year. Putting a post up about that, saying that you actually support those kinds of movements, uh, sharing your story and, and why you feel it's important to include other groups of people and that kind of stuff, we'll read that and, or look at that and go, yes, you kind of get it, or yes, you totally get it. Um, and that is a beautiful invitation to go, okay, well, I think you kind of get it, or I think you kind of support me. Let me read a little bit further. Let me learn a little bit more about you. And that's just a little snippet. That can happen from a single image. Um, but also things like um, when you're seeing stock images being used and it's just people who all look the same in it, in all those stock images. So if you are choosing to use stock images, which there is no judgment on that, you absolutely can do that. It's, you know, a wonderful thing to use, but be really conscious of how you're using it and who you are including in those stock images. It's a bit different if it's just pictures of you because, you you know, you're not going to change the way you are. So um, those are just two different ways you can do it, but making sure you are very um, vocal about that support of marginalised people because how else are we going to know? We're not mind readers. That's and right. We're not going to spend a lot of time on you if we can't see that straight up. It's interesting, like what even you said about the stock photo images, I used to use quite a few and I was always very conscious of um, having that diverse representation. And then I went to using more photos of myself because I had a lot of professional photos. And then I quite consciously moved back to using more stock photos because I felt that by just showing those photos of myself, it's actually not possible to uh, have that visual inclusion mm -hmm. I want to talk about what you said about you know having those visual cues on social media and also sharing your thoughts about specific social issues uh, because I think a lot of people are quite scared about getting it wrong and also it's like saying the wrong thing but also about virtue signaling so not wanting to look like oh, I'm saying this and it's other people are going to think, oh, you're just saying that so you can look a certain way. So from what I'm hearing from you, it's really about 
shifting out of that mindset instead thinking about the person you are sharing it for the person who is going to feel more included rather than the person who doesn't know you who might judge that I want to start off with virtue signaling because this is something that actually grinds my gears a little bit um virtue signaling is virtue signaling when your intention is not to do the doing part of being an ally when you're just wanting to show up and go, everyone else should be doing this, but then you're not taking part in doing that action, that's virtue signaling. But I, I also have a bit of an issue with this because virtue signaling is also a way of silencing people. Because when we believe in things that need to change in the world, how do we express that change that is required unless we tell people about it? And how does it change unless we speak? So but if, if people are saying, you know, I think that, um, you know, our inclusion in our society is pretty poor and I think we need to do better as people and as a, as a community and then people jump on and go, you're virtue signalling, well, no. You, it's okay for you to express that you need, want things to change in the world and you don't need everyone else's approval for that or to express that in any way. So I do have a little bit of problem with people saying, oh, this is virtue signaling. You can say, people can say whatever they want. Like I can, I can say, you know, I want the world to be more inclusive, but that doesn't mean you have to agree with me. So if you don't agree with me, that's absolutely fine. But I still have a right to use my voice and say that I feel things need to change in this space. Um, and it's okay for you to agree with me or not agree with me. Allyship and um, what I teach about being more inclusive is not about convincing anyone of anything. It's about being your aligned self because within yourself you feel something is not right, you feel something isn't aligned and you are doing whatever you need to do to try and make it more aligned. So it's got, it's got absolutely nothing to do with anyone else other than yourself and you connecting with your, your um, inner self, your higher self, whatever you call it, your soul, and going, this doesn't work for me. I don't like this status quo and I'm not going to be quiet about it. Mm. And taking a stand for what you do stand for and, like you say, seeing that as being part of being aligned, first of all, as a person and as a soul, mm -hmm. but then as having an aligned business, just seeing that as being a part of it, that you're going to be expressing your views about issues that are important to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the thing is, when you start doing that in business, I'm, I'm sure so many of your listeners already are seeing this, that more and more of our clients are becoming more conscious about where they spend their money, how they spend their money. Does this person and their business values align with me? If it doesn't, I'm not going to buy with them. Um, but also when you make a stand in your business and it aligns with them too, which they most likely, if you've got your, your, um, your people with you who love your vision, who love your values, love how you show up, they're going to align with all that and then you start creating customer loyalty because it's like it's not just about your service that you're selling. It's not just about your product you're selling. 
It's I'm also buying into your vision of what you want to be creating in the world and what you're standing for, and I stand with you in that. So I'm going to be loyal to you and move through that with you. It's about creating more of a community. Um, and also when you start building your teams, it creates that uh, loyalty in your teams because they are part of that vision with you. And that's also when you start moving out of when you're employing or contracting people, moving out of that um, uh, employing through culture but rather through values. So it's like we don't want people with a culture fit because then you, that means you want everyone of the same sameness to come and work with you. But when you have value fit, diverse people come with the same values. And, and you talked like, about that in relation to attracting clients as yeah. well, which I totally agree with, that when you've got that clarity on your values, you can attract or you are going to attract typically a more diverse clientele because that's what you're focusing on yeah. is do our values align. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many benefits to it. Creating community is can't is, is very much understated, I think, in business. Because it's more about having those advocates and having people who support you and uh, championing you in your business and, and encouraging others to come in. It's so beneficial for businesses to be, and what I say is moving from a 2D vision, two dimensional business to a three dimensional business. So it's from uh, this is who I am, this is what I sell, to this is who I am, this is what I sell, and this is what I stand for. And people are just going to come to you in droves when you start actually speaking up, being your authentic self and making a stand on, you know, this is this is more than a business to me. Yeah. And I want this to be more than a business. And it's about being conscious uh, environmentally or socially on these things. There's so much more to it. And, it's, and it creates this beautiful, um, especially if you're working in teams, mastermind. And I, I'm trying to change the, the mastermind thing to a more um, gender-neutral space, so maybe commu- community mind. It creates a community mind where so many more experiences and ideas come into it and mix together. And this is where real um, innovation happens in your business. Like people who go, wow, that business is just doing some unbelievable amazing phenomenal stuff how are they doing it it's through diversity because when you add people with so many diverse backgrounds and experiences and understandings of the world come together what is created in that community mind is something that no one who comes from just all sameness would ever come up with yeah so powerful so powerful. Louise, can you tell us a bit about more about what your business looks like now? So you've been in this current business for around about a year, even though there's all those breadcrumbs that led you to that, this point. And what I'd love to know is in what ways is it beautifully aligned to you, your lifestyle, your goals? We have talked about your values. But, yeah, share with us a little bit about the alignment of your current business. Yeah, yeah. Well, it aligns in so many different ways because I identify them more than just an Aboriginal woman. I'm a mum and I'm a wife and I have, you know, extended family and all these little bits and pieces. So for me, um, my aligned business, I definitely have my culture through my business. 
and I invite my ancestors. I don't know how woo-woo your listeners are, but I do invite my ancestors to come and speak with me and support me. I have asked them to come and support me through this call as well. So they are here with me right now. Um, and they, they give me little promptings. Talk about this now. Talk about this now. <laughs> so it's very interesting. But even um, the way I do my business to align better with me is I also include our Noongar Six Seasons business Uh six seasons in my business and that's a beautiful process of which can apply to anything in the universe it's you have this conception or this idea and then you have and you you grow it and then there's birth and then there's childhood and adolescence and so it that's the process and I know if I don't follow that process the thing can't work because it doesn't work in the universe in that way there's a natural order of the way things work also, in my business, I um, work on my menstrual cycle as well. So I'll have the first week is my cocooning week um, when I'm menstruating and that's when I do lots of my contemplation, I do lots of reflection and meditation, all those kinds of things in my business, really thinking about the new ideas that could be, the, the visioning for the next lot and also the reflection from the past lot. I move into my my um, inner spring, which is very much doing lots of things, lists and stuff. The next one is very much around um, communication and connecting with people and then going back into cocooning. Um, so it's a lovely cycle that I work on my own natural rhythms and they don't necessarily align with what anyone else's rhythms are, but just listening to those also helps me be aligned. Um, something else because I'm a mum with two small kids. I work only during um, school hours and I don't like writing a lot. Um, I actually have RSI in my wrist, so I don't like typing or doing a lot, so I do lots of videos. So there's so many different ways you can align in your business. Um, and in terms of being inclusive, I, I want to say I'm absolutely not a guru I, and I don't want people to see me as a guru in this I am learning through this as well I am um, because I've had my life experiences I am I am an expert in it because I have my life experiences but I'm still learning because forever our culture and society is changing in the way we're doing things as well so it's a constant learning process and culture is about constantly learning so I'm steps ahead of people I work with but I'm going to be learning for the rest of my life. That's not going to stop. And I just keep communicating my learnings through to my niche and my people that I work with. Yeah, I love that as well, like thinking about that, your, your aligned business being connected to the delivery. And so it's like if you, and using your strengths, so I prefer to show up and to speak. So I do a lot of video. It's really important to think about that, isn't it? Like what are your strengths? What is more natural for you? What is easier for you? And how can you weave more of that through your business? And also I loved about the different ways you are really conscious of cycles in your yeah. business and being aligned with those cycles. Yeah. What is your vision for your business? as you continue to grow and expand, what do you see? The vision for my business, well, one of the biggest things that I would love in my business and I see for my business is community. 
that there is a community of leaders who recognise that the way things are in, in our society aren't okay for everyone. They're okay for some people. They're not okay for most people. And they are feeling comfortable to speak about it but know that they have the support of us and our community. Um, into, uh, I love, look, I love doing coaching. I absolutely adore it. I love creating online courses. I love, uh, that's probably my favourite is creating online courses because I love to teach and I love to see the transformation from the beginning to the end and then just see how much those businesses have grown and developed and can now understand themselves and are way more in alignment with themselves than they have been when they first came. It was It's like the releasing of the fear of speaking about these things, releasing of the confusion or the frustration. They know exactly where they fit into this this journey. They know exactly where they fit into allyship, where they can speak about certain things, where they maybe shouldn't. And it aligns with them as a person and an an expression of themselves through their business. So it's, I find that really exciting. In all honesty, I don't know where my business is going to go, but I do hope that it's going to be global. Mm. I, um, I would love to create some form of, um, I guess, process that that is adaptable for people, but the process works so well that it can support people globally. I think that's something that I would love to create. A process around inclusion or you're not sure? Inclusion, absolutely, around inclusion and supporting uh, people to support marginalised groups. Mm, oh how inspiring we will have to watch this space so Louise tell us how can people connect with you and work with you well I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram mostly I'm on lots of other platforms but (laughs) if you message me there there's not a great chance I'm gonna see it because I like Facebook and Instagram the best um and the way people can work with me is um we, do, we can do one-on-one sessions. I also do group programs and I've got one actually coming up early next month, which is a full-week one and I'm working with my current um, group at the moment and they are loving it. They, Oh, my gosh. If I, I can't even express in words how great it's been the last, last four weeks. This is the final week, so I'm really excited to, to do this final tying the bow, bring it all together this week. Um, and online courses. Um, so I offer free, free, um, a lot of free stuff that people can learn from, content, blogging, and then there's also the paid stuff as well. So there's lots of different ways you can, can work with me and that will just continue because I really enjoy it. Amazing. So that's Louise O'Reilly. And your main website is? www.louiseoreilly.com.au. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your beautiful message of inclusion and sharing about your wonderfully aligned business. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation and thank you to all your listeners. Sending so much love out to all of you.
Thank you. So what did you think? Wasn't Louise absolutely amazing and so inspiring? I cannot wait to hear what you are taking away from this episode, steps you're going to be taking to be more inclusive and the other ways that Louise has inspired you with her aligned business. Please jump across to my Instagram at Kerry Rowett or my Facebook at Awaken Kinesiology. You'll see that Louise will be tagged there as well. So you can go across to her social media or you can find her details in the show notes. We would love to hear what you thought. And it would be amazing if you could share this episode with a friend so they can be inspired by Louise as well. You might like to take a photo of yourself listening in with the episode right now and share it on your Instagram uh, stories or even a photo of the actual episode. Take a screenshot and share that. Help us to inspire even more people. Thank you so much and I look forward to connecting with you next time.